everyone, it's Cathy here from Geek Girl Meetup UK and it's time for the next Geek Girl Meets podcast interview and this week I am joined by Kim Pham who is Head of Platform at Frontline Ventures. Now Kim and I have met a couple of times previously because we have kind of similar-ish roles in terms of what we do in the tech ecosystem so it's really nice to have you join us today. Kim. Yes. First question. <laughs> What did you want to be when you were growing up? So this is hilarious. Um, when I was younger, I was really into like journalism and media, and I was so sure that this is hilarious. I was going to be a um, like a TV show personality for the Food Network because oh, wow. for me it would combine two of my loves, which was like food and cooking shows, um, but also you know being interactive and meeting different people and kind of being the face of a brand almost. And so I used to do pageants and that was my answer. I was like, I'm going to be a TV personality for a Food Network show. And I think that really impressed judges because it wasn't like a generic, bland pageant girl answer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make little peace. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I grew up cooking. My mother's um, an amazing Vietnamese cook. Um, and then we also watched a lot of Food Network. Um, and so I was like, okay, how can I kind of like combine these things that I love into a career? And so that was the path. Brilliant. So how do we go from someone who wants to be the, the face of a food network into working at an early stage VC in Dublin? And by the way, you can obviously tell from this that Kim is not from the UK or from Ireland. Nope. So how do, how do you go from Boston, Massachusetts? Yep, yep. To Dublin and Frontline. Yeah, so um, I was 16 back in Boston and it was my junior year of high school and it was kind of the summer between junior and senior year and, you know, by then most of your friends are working, you know, like minimum wage jobs at like the local, you know, bookstore or the local Dunkin' Donuts and for some reason like 16-year-old Kim was like super ambitious and really wanted to get this thing called an internship. Um, and so I sent out my resume to every single publication magazine in Boston being like, hey, I really want to get into journalism. You know, here's my resume, which probably had like three things on it, like working at the local shop or something. Um, and every single one of them got back to me and they're like, you're cute. Like you have no skills. You have nothing in your portfolio. Come back to us when, you know, you've had experience or something under your belt. Um, but somehow my resume landed in the hands of a very, very early stage startup um, in the back bay. And they're like, hey... So you don't really have any skills, but you're young, you're ballsy, and you know how to stock our email. Um, how about like how about you join us for a summer and see what it's like to work in a startup? And the kind of the rest is history. I think I really fell in love with you know having so much autonomy, having you know at the age of 16 with no skills, having an ability to really affect the product, um, just being in a young, very agile, scrappy team. I really, really fell in love with that kind of startup life. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the rest is history. I then moved to New York City to go to NYU, where I studied marketing and computer science um, at the Stern School of Business. And I was literally the world's worst student. Like, I hardly went to class. My parents had to drag me across the finish line, basically, uh, because I spent so much time really trying to learn as much as I could outside of the classroom. So really hit the ground running, started working at startups literally every single semester, every single summer. I was just like, I want to learn as much as I can about startups and essentially almost like de-risk my career because everyone's like, oh, startups are super risky, uh, particularly the earlier you go. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try and de-risk that process by learning as much as I can about um, kind of the non-technical side of things because I knew I wasn't going to be a developer. And yeah, kind of through that experience really got tied into the New York City tech ecosystem 
Um, I ran New York City's largest student developer and designer organization called Tech at NYU. I was the first female president, and that was an amazing opportunity for me to lead a whole board of really, really incredibly smart people, all of whom were smarter than me. Um, and then through that experience, um, I became the first female undergraduate partner of Dorm Room Fund, which is an initiative run by First Round Capital. Um, but basically, it's a half a million dollar fund for students run by students. So it's like students throughout New York City investing in their peers. And with my experience um, through tech at NYU, I think you're know, like, oh, you know, you're really in tune with the, the student tech ecosystem in New York. And, you know, you're, you're hanging out with all these devs and designers every day. You know, maybe you're seeing projects that could, you know, we could throw a bit of cash behind. And so, yeah, I graduated in May of 2014. And it was one of those things where, all right, I have nothing me holding, I have nothing holding me anywhere. Um, and New York City's home, and it always will be. But it was one of those things where I'd heard about this role with Frontline. Um, I was like, you know what? I'd lived in Prague and Berlin before. I knew I liked the European tech ecosystem. It was one of those things where, like, let's just go see, you know, what it could be like to live somewhere else for two, three, five years and, and see if you can make an impact. So, yeah, I it was one of those things. I flew over to Dublin to meet the team, fell in love with the team, fell in love with the role, and fell in love with um, Ireland. And it's an incredible role. I've been there for nearly two years now, um, and it's been a lot of fun. A very steep learning curve, but but a lot of fun. Yeah. So what does head of platform actually mean? What is it that you do now at Frontline? Totally. It's So it's kind of funny. This sort of role is quite new to VC, as you know. Like um, There are a lot of firms in the U.S. doing it, but I don't aside from a handful of firms who have put a ton of resources behind it, I'm not sure anyone's really pinned down, you know, how to execute on this role. So essentially it's like VCs for the longest time were just seen as, you know, people who write checks to help you with your company. But what they've realized is that A, VC value add, this idea of like adding value to companies and helping them kind of accelerate their progress doesn't scale as your portfolio grows. So it makes a lot of sense, you know, this one-to-one partner to founder, very bespoke relationship makes sense when you have 20 companies, right? But as your portfolio continues to grow, there's less and less time to allocate to each of your founders. Like it's pretty simple math. Yeah. Um, so what people are realizing is that, okay, there's ways to bring scale and infrastructure to the way that we do that and almost kind of formalize and bring structure to that process. And so that's kind of where platform and community um, and talent kind of started. People started thinking about that in a more formal structure. Um, and so you have firms like obviously, you know, Andreessen Horowitz, First Round Capital, um, OpenView partners in the U.S. who are really pioneering this by putting a lot of resources into it. Um, and that, when I joined Frontline two years ago, was still very much in its infancy in, in Europe. And so Frontline was like, hey, like we're seeing this in the U.S. This is clearly a trend. Like, how can we do this within a European context? And so that made me really interested. Like, how do I tackle something that I've kind of been doing very ad hoc in New York and in Boston? How do I, like, you know, with resources, um, you know, put behind it, how do I help kind of make VC value add real um, for our portfolio, which is spread across the UK, Ireland, and to an extent Europe. And so, yeah, that's what I think about full time. It's just myself running it. Um, But every day I wake up thinking, how can I help my portfolio companies? And that, for me, the way that I measure that is how do I save them time and money? Yeah. So that can be literally everything from helping them out with an email marketing campaign. It can be helping introduce them to investors in, in the U.S., it can mean, hey, helping them with like a PR strategy for you know a funding announcement. Like it's literally anything that 
a founder would waste his or her time on. And it's just like me coming in and kind of helping them out and accelerating that, um, that process. So no day is the same. Um, it's very, um, right now it's, it still feels very, um, ad hoc and, and still a bit bespoke, but as you know, I continue in this role, I'm trying to think about how do we make the, how do we kind of add processes to this so that it's a bit more streamlined. Yeah. It's so Kim and I kind of work in a very, well, very, very, very similar field, really. <laughs> um, you're leading kind of on that platform side, and I am effectively part of the platform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I am one part An of amazing platform. platform, yes. <laughs> um, so uh, I've not brought this up on the podcast before, but I work for Seedcamp, which is an early stage investor that's embedded in Europe. And uh, again, within kind of the last 18 months, we've started to build out more of our own kind of expert in residence and, and kind yeah. of platform talent that are there to support the startup. And it's great because one of the, the amazing things that we, we have with our jobs is that we constantly talk to different startup <laughs> companies. So you could have one conversation where you're with a B2B SaaS mm-hmm. company and then suddenly you've got like a hardware, a hardware. Yeah. and you're like oh right okay brain shift gear change you know re-engage and, and kind of it's nice because you get such an, a huge amount of variety and you're in an environment where you are constantly learning yeah it's just constant exposure to to the startup ecosystem in its many different forms mm-hmm. um and i particularly find that you know i am still very you know early in my career i'm 23 a lot of this is a huge learning experience for me because I'm sitting alongside founders who it might be their second, their third, their fourth company that they've exited. Um, and they, you know, they're telling me about the process like, oh, hey, what I wish I knew or, you know, doing this actually, you know, I was able to growth hack this or whatever that is. Like it's hugely, hugely valuable for me personally and professionally. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, an, it's an incredible role and I'm really glad that it's seeing a lot more traction throughout Europe. Um, you know, like folks like you and I are starting to pop up everywhere and that's amazing. Um, so really stoked to see kind of how that goes. So I have to ask now, because obviously I'm, (laughs) I'm based in London and London, we know it's kind of a a leading tech ecosystem within Mm -hmm. Europe. There is a huge map going on here. Um, Kim and I, before actually recording, were chatting about events from this week. <laughs> there are so many events, which is which is fantastic, if not a little bit exhausting. What's the, the Dublin startup scene like? Yeah, if I had a dollar for every time someone was like, why did you leave New York for Dublin? That's so weird. Such a, You went from such a mature ecosystem to one that's less so. Um, it's really, really interesting. I wouldn't be in Dublin if I didn't 100% believe in the tech ecosystem there, particularly kind of on the early stage startup side. So... Everyone knows Dublin because of all the big kind of tech multinationals there, right? So, you know, there's Google, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, HubSpot, etc. But people don't really talk as much about the indigenous kind of like startup ecosystem. Um, And I think that's changed drastically even in the two years that I've been there. We're starting to see, you know, even on a university level, students realizing that, you know, startups aren't as risky as I initially thought. And there's all sorts of great, you know, clubs and accelerators geared towards students. Um, so that's really cool. So kind of from the from that end of the funnel, right? Like people are starting to be more and more interested in startups as a career. And then also kind of you're starting to see a lot of experienced founders who are Irish but may have built their companies, you know, in the UK or in the US actually coming back and either, you know, starting their second company or contributing back to the ecosystem, whether in advisor roles or as an inv- investor roles. Um, so it's really it's growing nearly overnight. 
Um, in the past kind of two years, they Dublin hired a, like a startup commissioner, Neve Bushnell. She's awesome. She was um, actually in New York City at the same time as me, but she's Irish. And she came back and was like, let me kind of like put this into hyperdrive. Yeah. Because a lot of what I think Dublin had lacked initially is data. So there, there's a ton of data around the London tech ecosystem, um, the Nordic te tech ecosystem, but that spotlight hadn't been shown on Dublin yet. And so she's doing a lot of projects around like getting people talking about, you know, how many startups there are in Dublin. Like there, before she came, there was nearly no centralized place to find out that data. So she's working on stuff like that. Um, but also it's, it's just access now. I think people are, people are starting to break down kind of the bridges between startups and the big tech kind of companies and, and realizing there can be a lot, a lot of knowledge transfer there. Um, I mean, they're in our backyards, like how, how are we not learning from them yeah. um, and their expertise? And that's starting to definitely break down. Obviously the web summit is huge um, for Dublin, bringing all of these incredible, you know, investors and founders into Dublin for one, for one week. Um, although that's moved to Lisbon, um, but we'll see how that affects um, the ecosystem. And then you have, you know, investors like Frontline kind of starting to, we're investing in, in Irish tech um, very much so. And so um, it's, it's a really interesting time. I, you know, it's, it's going to take a while to get up to the scale of something like London, but the quality of founders that we're seeing is really, really high, obviously compared to even just like two, three years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, people are starting to get much better education. People are starting to have greater access to serial entrepreneurs or founders who have done it before. There's more capital being raised. It's, it's a really good space to be in. And I'm very, very happy to be there. You know, very different from New York, of course, but that's okay. And I find that being in an earlier ecosystem actually allows me to learn a lot more um, at an accelerated pace. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm very happy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm quite jealous. I, <laughs> I would just, I just love, I just love hearing Irish people speak. <laughs> I, literally, it's one of my favourite things. So when I went out there to Web Summit for the first time last year, which for, for those of you that don't know, it's a huge, huge, huge. tech conference. It like takes over Dublin for yeah, a week. <laughs> it's, it's basically Dublin is Web Summit um, <laughs> for, yeah, for five days. It's absolutely crazy. And yeah, I just love walking around because it's just the nicest voice in the world. So it's so <laughs> funny because I go back to America, obviously, at least once a quarter to see family or for work because we have a couple companies um, in New York and SF. And my friends are like, you sound completely different. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like in Dublin, I'm like American with like a huge red like flag over me because I think I sound very, very American. But to my American friends, they're like, oh my gosh, you sound so Irish. It's bizarre. Really? And I think wow. it's like when I think about it, it's because, you know, like, Everyone in my firm is Irish. I work with all, like nearly um, all Irish or English founders. Um, so I, I feel like I don't hear a difference, but I'm sure I've been picking up, you know, little nuances. And my boyfriend's Irish, and so I'm sure I'm picking up little things. Like I say grand now. I'm like, I oh, yeah, it's grand. Like, it's fine. It's grand. Oh, totally. You are picking it up. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. And my, my American friends are like, like, is it grand? Does that mean it's really good? Or does that mean it's fine? Like, what does that actually translate to? And I'm like, oh gosh, this is... Yep, this is a thing. Yeah. This is happening. Yeah. Does it work in reverse then? When you come back to Dublin, do you suddenly go really like proper American? <laughs> no, that? I don't think so. I mean, it's not even like when I do go back, like I spend a lot of time with my friends who are quite international, you know, just being in New York. A lot of my friends are from Singapore or Shanghai or uh, Lebanon. So it's not like, you know, I'm like American, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and my parents are Vietnamese immigrants, so it's not like they have a proper American accent, whatever that means, right? So yeah. I'm kind of a hodgepodge of all these things, and I'm okay with that. That's good, a hodgepodge is nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. So uh, one of the other things we were talking about um, mm-hmm. earlier is, is you are another kind of prime example of uh, a lot of people in tech that have a fantastic career, but also do other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> because we all like to be really busy with our little side projects yes, and initiatives and things that we can do. So um, it would be great to hear more about what you're working on. Yeah, it's funny. I actually find that you know, the busiest people are making themselves even busier with more side things, you know, like you amazing. Like you have an incredible career and you're still, you know, you're running a ton of things on the side. Like that's for me, most of my friends are like that. It's crazy. I'm like, I surround myself with fucking overachievers. Like, so sorry. It's a great environment. (laughs) It drives you for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I run something called the EU internal ecosystem builders, um, which Kathy is a part of, um, so what I essentially saw when I moved to Europe two years ago is like I was one of the first people in this role. Um, and as you know, fun and incredible as it is, I was learning day to day. I was very much learning at the speed of experience because it just hasn't been done really in Europe before. And I really wish that I had other people to bounce ideas off of. I just wish I had someone to ask questions to because this role, it is kind of in a community role, but it's very different from traditional community management. So a lot of the resources I was finding online weren't really applicable to my community of portfolio companies in a lot of different ways. Um, so for example, you know, for a lot of communities, like typical com- communities, um, people are opting in to join that community. While for us, it's, it's a little bit different in the sense that you know, my portfolio companies didn't opt into the frontline community. They more so, like, you know, they got an investment from us and therefore, as a result, joined this portfolio community. Um, and so I I was just like, yeah, I I kind of wish that I had people to bounce ideas off of, or even just ask questions that may seem stupid, but I know, you know, would be really useful to me. And so as time went on, I started hearing more and more about how different people and different firms and accelerators and programs were kind of tackling this, this role. And I was like, why isn't there a place for us to all chat about that? And I'm part of something very similar in the U S but it hadn't really been done in Europe before. And obviously I adore Slack. <laughs> um, I will use any excuse to, to create a Slack channel. Um, and so, yeah, I, I built the EU internal ecosystem builders group and started just asking anyone and everyone that I met in this role um, to join. And that's actually how I met Kathy. Um, you know, I was like, Hey, let, let's chat really quick. I am obviously very familiar with the seed camp program. Um, and I, one of our, one of our companies is seed camp company. Um, so I was like, yeah, I want to learn more about your role. And also you have a ton of expertise, join the group and, and kind of, you know, let's, let's share that. Um, so yeah, I've been working on that, you know, very much a side project. Um, we're now at over, gosh, like 50 members across like five or six different countries. It's, yeah. it's really, really cool. Um, and it, you know, it kind of encapsulates everyone from, you know, general managers at a co-working space to someone who runs, you know, an entrepreneurship alumni program, um, to folks like myself, uh, who are in VC to accelerators, like it's kind of all over the place. Um, but we all have that kind of common tie of managing this internal ecosystem of, of startups. Um, so yeah, I've been working on that and it's, it's great. It's actually helped me a ton just having places I mean, having a place to, to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. So. No, it's, it's really good for connecting with the right people, yeah. like you said, who are in different cities, different mm-hmm. countries, working on some other thing. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm, or I'm like, hey, guys, I'm going to be in Berlin in two weeks. Who's around? Who, yeah. yeah. Who should I meet? Who's around? Let's it's, do coffee. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so how can uh, someone who is, you know, building the internal ecosystem get into that group? What's the totally. best way for them to So do I finally set up a, a landing page for it because I kept telling people about it kind of one-on-one or over email, but I realized like, oh, I kind of just wish there was a place I could send them to. So finally there's a website. It's euieb.com. Um, so it's super simple. It just says a little bit about what we are and kind of what we typically look like in terms of, you know, roles and positions. And then there's just a little sign up form at the end of it. So if you're interested, um, you know, just sign up at euieb.com. Um, even through that site, I've had like five or six new folks that I never would have heard of um, join, you know, like I got a submission from someone in Italy this morning and I was like, that's awesome that a, it's someone's Italy. Yeah, it's reached Italy. That's so cool. I'm in this like little island um, in Ireland and it's it's cool that it's kind of reached, you know, it's starting to reach more of the rest of Europe. Yeah, no, that's very cool. So um, <laughs> if you are interested in that and you are working within the internal ecosystem, I highly recommend joining the group because it's, it's a nice mix of people. It's <laughs> it very, is. very cool. So I'm going to kind of switch from startup world and everything now It's just kind of talking more about women in tech, women who are looking at their careers, mm-hmm. um, or just generally anyone who's looking at a career change or is trying to decide what they're going to do. Um, what would your biggest piece of career advice be? Oh my gosh. Um, it would probably be to surround yourself with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I first started out, you know, I was 18, like I was 16 when I first started joining startups, but when I really kind of started thinking about my career, quote unquote, um, I was kind of just, I was very much an exploratory phase. I was like throwing cold emails out to anyone and everyone, just trying to figure out, you know, what I could potentially do in startups. Because startups is such a broad thing, right? And tech is such a broad thing. How do, you, how do I figure out my career path? And I think what was really important and something that I maybe learned a little bit too late was that it's really important to kind of focus and narrow on the folks that really... A, can help you, but also whom you can learn from and also whom you, you know, can create a community around. I think I was just like, oh, this person's popular on Twitter. I should get to know them, right? But if they're not necessarily, you know, if they're not going to be helpful, if you're not going to be helpful to each other, there's there's really kind of no point. I mean, be friends with them, of course, but like I, I wasted a lot of time on people whom I just thought were important and that who I should know to know. Yeah. Um, but in the end, I was like, I kind of wasted my time there. Um, so I think it's really important to just find a tribe, like find your community. And for me, particularly in New York city, that was really like smart women in technology, um, not just in a mentor kind of form, but also like really good girlfriends of mine who I think we're all sharing the same struggles. We're young, we're female, we're in tech, we're trying to figure things out. Um, I gained, I gained a ton from them, but I, I leaned on them for support. Um, I hope I was helpful to them as well. And so I really, I wish someone had told me that a little bit earlier, like find your tribe instead of, I would think I was just running around almost like, you know, chicken without a head, trying to figure out, you know, who am I? Like, who can I learn from? You know, who can be valuable to me? Um, when I really should have been thinking about like, all right, who's the core group of folks that I can, you know, lean on and, and also support and, and learn from? Um, and I wish I had done that earlier. Yeah. I also think I really should have found um, a female mentor early on um earlier on than I did like thankfully like one of my most amazing mentors who continues to be an incredible help to me to this day is um is this lady called uh Shaila Itachiria she um is the founder of a company called Institute in New York and um 
actually, I met her freshman year, so that's that's fairly early on, um, and she's really helped shape the way that I view the world, which is quite a big thing to say. Yeah. Um, but she's incredible. I've learned so much from her. She's fearless. Um, you know, she's really aggressive, which I hate that word because people are like, oh, these women are so aggressive. Um, but that's what you really need to be, um, you know, to, to make it in such a, a male-dominated industry. Um, she really just gave me a lot of confidence. She's like, you're just as good as anyone, like even if you're young and female or whatever other, you know, um, things that people could hold against um, me. She was just like, go for it, like balls to the wall almost, yeah. you know? And I'm really, really glad I found her. And I oftentimes think, I'm like, what if I didn't find her? And I, I realized that I was at a place of privilege there because I had already been in tech in, in tech for two years before I went to college. And so I was able to find her. But I, I think about, you know, my friends who kind of found tech a little bit later on. Would they have found those same mentors who, you know, drove them so much? Like, you know, that's, that's something to think about. Um, but yeah, she, she's incredible. And still to this day, like I'm in Dublin and I think she's on the West Coast now, but we still try to find time and catch up. And even if she hasn't seen me literally in two years, she still like is so able to plug back into what I'm doing yeah. and give me really relevant sound advice. Um, while I think some of the other folks that maybe when I was younger, I would have really valued their opinions, but they weren't tied into me and my career in the same way that she was. Um, and so, yeah, she's been really, really valuable. Yeah, it's quite nice. One of the, one of the things that you were just um, talking about in terms of her saying, you know, ignore the young, ignore the yeah. female, like you know, just go and, and do it. It's kind of quite similar to um, uh, Gemma, who's one of the first mm-hmm. girls that I interviewed for Geek Girl Meets. And Gemma's piece of advice, I thought, was quite telling, and mm-hmm. it was really, really nice actually. It was don't do your time. Okay. So oh. you know, they, you think kind of. You think about kind of uh, parents and their careers sure, and sure. right? You would you would you would maybe spend five or ten years mm-hmm. or something in one company and like work your way up the ladder. And basically, it's kind of countering that and saying actually, don't do your time. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want something, go for it. Go yeah. for it. Why why do you have to wait? If you've got the right attitude and the right energy, mm-hmm. just pursue it. Yeah, everything can Eventually, be here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I find that a lot of people think like that, like, oh, I have to grind it out. You know, I have to pay my dues, which to an extent, like, maybe, yes, you know, depending on, you know, what you're pursuing, maybe there is an element of having to, you know, do the dirty work and, you know, learn. But I oftentimes find that, like, it's it's really just a matter of ambition um, and to some extent aggression, right? Um, I think I wouldn't be where I am today if I was always resting on my laurels and assuming that there was a, you know, a predetermined path for my career into technology. Like I work in early stage tech VC, like it, that I think maybe two, three, even five years ago, that path would have looked very different. But I think because, you know, I had women like Shyla who were helping, you know, really fuel my journey. They were like, like, go for it. You know, like it, it's a matter of just putting yourself out there, you know, having a lot of conversations, going to a lot of events, like putting yourself out there, that's going to, you know, when someone is hiring for a role like this, you know, they're going to think of, oh, Kim Pham, like I met her, you know, a while ago. She's been really good with following up. She updates me on her life. She's really smart. She writes a lot of content, blah, blah, whatever that is. I don't think I would have done that if I didn't have someone to be like, kind of like kick my ass a little bit and be like, this is this is how you get things in life. Yeah. Particularly in early stage tech, right? It's It's not like it's 
a big corporate that there is, you know, like you're, you're going to be an associate and then you're going to be a manager, then you're going to be a director. That's not really determined most of the time for, for most startups or um, early stage companies. Um, so I find that actually that's really beneficial because you can kind of almost, you know, skip some, some steps here and there um, and, and learn at a much quicker rate. Um, so that's why whenever I talk to students, I'm like, go work for a startup, even if you want to be in a corporate kind of long term, because you're going to learn so much, you know, especially if you're one of the first, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 employees, like you're going to be doing a ton of different things that maybe if you had joined another company would have taken you a bit longer, um, to get that experience under your belt. Um, but yeah, obviously very biased. <laughs> Startups are my life and my career. So no, I, I'm with you dad. Don't worry. Calm down. <laughs> I, you can't see me, I just started dancing. She's raising the roof. <laughs> um, so, who, aside from obviously your, your mentor, mm-hmm. who sounds fantastic, who, who else has been kind of a, an inspiration for you? Oh, wow. There, so, I have so many people who inspire me. And I think that's, that's awesome. The internet does that. You know what I mean? Like, it allows you to read and connect with women and men, like all around the world whose stories inspire mine. So like I'm I'm really active kind of um, on Twitter and on the internet in general um, with a lot of the movement now around just getting more minorities in every sense of that word into yeah. technology. Um, that could mean gender, race, sexuality, ability, um, you know, that entire spectrum. Um, that's something I feel very, very passionate about. And I think even, you know, five, ten years ago, I, it would have been impossible, nearly impossible for me to connect with those like-minded people as quickly um, as I do now. And so it's it's really amazing to, to kind of see what people are talking about and the sort of things that people are doing around that. It's, it's really, really inspiring. And so I let those stories kind of fuel my own progress. Like I, I you know, to some extent, you know, I I'm young, I'm Asian, I'm female, you know, there are things that are quote unquote stacked against me. But when I see what other people are going through and, you know, their activism and their, you know, speaking out about it, like that drives a lot of what I do. And it gives me a lot of fire um, to keep doing what I'm doing. And I'd hope that, you know, in any way, maybe down the road, maybe my story will be a part of that, of like, she was really young, you know, um, she's Asian, she's female, whatever that is. Um, hopefully that can, I can contribute back to that incredible community. Um, it's not like, you know, oh, these people are, are online, you know, saying, woe is me, you know, like, how, like, oh, this sucks. I mean, some people aren't, there, there will always be those, those people. Yeah. Um, but it's just the amount of kind of fearlessness, drive, and almost like, you know, like, okay, the odds are against me, but bring it on almost like that's really incredible. Um, and my executive board at Tech at NYU, the organization I used to run, they like take that very seriously. Um, and they write a lot of um, great like blog posts and they share a lot of their, their stories um, as minorities in tech. And it's, it's incredible. I'm like, you guys are in college. <laughs> I don't think I knew half of what you knew when I was your age about kind of just, you know, privileges and, and kind of, you know, how the system has failed a lot of minorities in a lot of ways. Um, it's, it's really cool to know that this is something they're aware of and something they're actively tackling through a lot of different content events, you know, creating communities, um, providing mentorship, whatever that is. Um, 
very similar to like what Geek Girl does, you know, providing a safe space for people to connect over a common interest, um, you know, or a common, you know, profile, whatever that is. Um, I, I love that more and more of that is starting to pop up all over the world. Yeah. Um, and that's really incredibly inspiring for me anyways. And any way that I can be involved, I'm like, talk to me. Like, I would like to help. Cool. <laughs> There's actually, it was quite nice. I saw it a couple of weeks ago. Geek Girl's now in Mexico. Oh my gosh. I know. That's awesome. <laughs> Wait, how many cities are you guys in now? Oh, you know, I don't even know because they just keep popping up. That's which is incredible. Great, which that's is great. Incredible. But um, yeah, it, it must be 10 more. So yeah, wow. from starting in Stockholm right, six, right. seven years ago now. It's wow. Popping up that's the power of community. Yeah. Like all of these meetups and, and events and groups has shown me that like, humans instinctually want to connect with other humans yeah you know we're such social little creatures um and it's it's so powerful like thank i work in community you know that's that's what we do and it's it's just reaffirming just the power and what it enables people to do it's, it's awesome it's very cool yeah <laughs> so you were talking about um tech in yeah. New York and the blog <laughs> that they yeah. were just writing so uh, writing and, and you're reading that and everything but what else are you reading or listening to most days because you were just saying you are off the internet yeah right? I'm made of it yes I am made of the internet yes oh gosh well, so if I'm a girl looking at her career which I am actually um, <laughs> you know if I'm a younger girl looking at her career or I'm looking at making kind of a career change or if I want to you know have that inspiration that you're just talking about all of these mm-hmm. different people doing various different things yeah where would you recommend that I go and Gosh, there are so many resources, which is awesome. That's totally cool yeah. that there are so many of them. Um, so online resources, like there's a ton of incredible female founders who have blog posts and, you know, open Twitter accounts that you can read um, and access. So like Eileen Lee of Cowboy Ventures, she um, she's really active kind of on the, the Twitter sphere. And there's so many other women, female VCs and founders that are just like her kind of sharing, you know, their things regularly. I also find that there are a lot of Facebook groups and Slack communities um, for women in technology, and that means kind of all ends of the spectrum, right? Whether you're kind of in a big, you know, corporate tech kind of role, or you're the founder of a tiny startup. Um, so, like female founders, the Facebook group um, is really helpful. Um, I'm part of something called Girl Crew in Dublin, and that's you know that's not specific to tech, but I find that surrounding yourself with cool, smart, young, not even young like women in general is, is really, um, helpful and beneficial. Um, from an offline perspective, like obviously amazing things like geek girl is super helpful. This um, is great. You're doing so many I know. <laughs> and, um, like I know in New York, um, they run something called like the we festival, women entrepreneurs festival. Yeah. Um, and I find that that's amazing. I attended two, three years ago, uh, when I was still in college and that was hugely inspirational. Um, and then again, just finding like your lady tribe offline is awesome. I have a ton of really good girlfriends who are in tech in very similar roles. So, um, I have a girlfriend, Sophia Dominguez, who's at Rothenberg Ventures in San Francisco, good friend, um, Lexi, who's working at Hired. So it's just like all these really incredible women all around the world that I, you know, constantly like, I'm, I just shoot them an email like, Hey, like, what should I be doing around X, Y, Z? Um, cause I still find that that community although not scalable, quote-unquote, is, is really valuable. Um, what else has been super helpful? I guess there are a lot of like startup-related resources that aren't specific to female audiences that yeah. I still find really helpful. 
Um, so, you know, I'm constantly on product hunt, hacker news. I'm felt like Mark Suster. If you're really, if you're interested in early stage tech or VC, Mark Suster's blog, both sides of the table, absolutely brilliant. Like he writes constantly and it's super, super valuable. Um, obviously podcasts like Andreessen Horowitz's podcast. Um, my friend Jay Akunzo of Nextview Ventures runs a really great podcast as well. Um, there are tons of medium collections like the point nine folks in Berlin are killing the content game. Yeah. Um, there's just so much out there, um, to learn from and maybe not all of it is not specific to females, but like, that's fine. Startup news is startup news. Exactly. Um, learnings are learnings. Um, so yeah, like I've actually, I'm thinking about writing a blog post, kind of putting all these things together. So I'll let you know, I guess, when that's published. <laughs> yeah, please do, because we'll uh, put that out through the email cool. channels. And, awesome. And see if you channels as well. <laughs> All the channels. All the things, yeah. Um, well, that brings us to an end for today. Thank you so much yeah, for of coming course. in and chatting. It's nice to have a, a proper catch-up, and uh, we'll continue this conversation. Yeah, stop absolutely. The record button. <laughs> uh, so that's the end of this Geek Girl Meets podcast interview for today, folks. Um, if you want to stay in touch with Geek Girl, and I hope you do, please follow us on Twitter. We are at GGMUK. You can follow us on Facebook at Geek Girl Meetup UK, and do sign up to our newsletter via our website, geekgirlmeetup.co.uk. So many UKs. It gets, <laughs> it, when I reel that off, I'm like, whoa, okay. Um, please go sign up to the newsletter if you want to stay in the loop on any of our events. We will have one coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I can tell you that the topic is sex tech. Amazing. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to Oh my to gosh. This. So we'll be looking at how technology is disrupting our sexual and romantic lives. So if you're interested in that, please do keep an eye out for further details. And till next time, this has been Geek Girl Meets and I'm Kathy White.